I'm going to give it like some ASMR here. Ooh, now, see, that's literal Phil ASMR because I don't have any Diet Cokes in the house oh, and no. I am thirsty, but literally thirsty. I need them on, I, I need them to record a podcast. Otherwise, I can't anchor myself to the reality of recording a podcast. Yeah, you know, usually I have like a bottle of Coke Zero on me, mm-hmm. uh, but not today. I have not run to the grocery store yet. No, I've got a dual beverage situation going on because I need to stay actual hydrated in addition to like. <laughs> deliciousness hydrated yeah fake effervescent uh, hydrated yeah <laughs> hey hey guys uh welcome welcome to pizza toast oh th- so, we're just jumping right in yeah why Wait, not are we including the are we including the beverage talk at the beginning then is that our gonna be our like <laughs> i think we have to I okay good because because otherwise it's just it's really jarring <laughs> yeah i don't want to i don't want to actually welcome people to the podcast when we welcome people to the podcast that's like that's for the like a podcast about say like the history of grammar or uh, like food science or something like that no they you need a you need the preamble we need the preamble this uh this podcast is about the babysitters club netflix series presently that's what it's about mm-hmm. uh we watched is this episode five already? This is episode five. We only have three more Babysitter's Club episodes after this. What are we going to do, Christy? What are we going to do? I do not know what we're going to do. Uh, we can spend a couple episodes on this one, I think, if you really <laughs> wanted to. Uh, this is Marianne and the Great Romance, which is kind of a misnomer, but we'll get into that. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a par- evidence of the ever-increasing uh, uh, switcheroos they're pulling on us with these episodes. Like I've, I feel like now... I feel feel like they are they have they deliberately said at the beginning of this we are going to undermine every single plot line at this point <laughs> like like i think not like maliciously but i think they're just like this season is going to be about taking these books that everyone's familiar with and and reversing the plots on it's, everybody this is a subversion of the babysitter's club it's a radical gonzo interpretation of the babysitter's it club is. except it's essentially the same in a lot of ways oh my name is christy by the my way. name is phil and the uh, Mar- marianne and the great romance book is about uh about sharon and richard getting engaged and them not wanting a big fancy wedding and marianne and the girls like conniving to get them a big fancy wedding if i remember correctly that's i, th- yeah. I believe that's, yeah, what, that's it's about. what that book is about uh this is kind of uh, also tying in logan loves marianne but uh, in a reverse switcheroo way you know yeah in a weird way and in a way that i really like because it feels so much more appropriate for two 13 year olds but we will get there we will get there uh this is uh yeah it's this this episode is a lot there are multiple fake outs regarding richard and sharon and every one of them is splendid there is one where i thought they were going to do something very different from what they did and we'll get there it's the second one but uh really good parent action in this episode just really good parent stuff uh we get we get very little claudia but what claudia we do get is very delightful it's very fun and we get one second of mallory and in that one second she steals our hearts yet again (laughs) with her Uh, and we get a lot of uh karen we get a lot of karen so much karen brewer and uh i mean a healthy dose of dawn because this episode is still about richard and sharon in part Mm. it um like, we open with Richard and Sharon. Like, or we open with 
Marion and Don uh, talking, talking about, about Richard, Richard and Sharon. Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> They're alluding to Richard and Sharon who are not yet in the room and are not going to be. Uh, right. Oh, is there only one nice restaurant in Stony Brook? We'll cover that, but there, I know. There can only ever be one. <laughs> and it is not the Rosebud Cafe. And it's... their idea of a nice restaurant is very Stony Brook. <laughs> it sure is. So this episode opens with Richard and Sharon have gone on like a like a romantic getaway. Yeah. And uh to Marianne and Don, this indicates that Richard ha- will have proposed to Sharon mm-hmm. because he uh, makes a reservation at Salvatore's, the aforementioned only nice restaurant in Stony Brook for the four of them. A weird place to have four people because it is clearly a date restaurant. It is, but... a, it is yeah. The set they built for this restaurant is intended to be used in the uh, Saved by the Bell fancy restaurant episodes. <laughs> And it looks like a nice restaurant. They apparently have a prefix menu. Uh, they keep saying prefix. There are three ways to pronounce prefix, and I'm just going to, I'll say prefix for the rest of the episode. Why don't you define that. that for our listeners? So a prefix menu is a preset price, usually for three or five courses, uh, most often three, and you have a choice of like a few different options for each. Um, every year... This is like a nice little peek behind the curtain here. Uh, my husband and I, he cooks. I do not. I bake. But we don't do big fancy meals for ourselves. So every year on Thanksgiving, we go to a prefix uh, menu. Like uh, at some restaurant or another. Yeah. We've been to the same one minus last year for like the last few years. But yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a nice and easy date. Uh, it costs more than $20 for two people, it turns <laughs> out. And we find that out in this episode. That is a very... Uh, I'll be talking about how Logan Bruno is pretty great in this episode. And I will be talking about how Logan Bruno is not in this episode. (laughs) You are so off base on this one. He's very, very cute. (laughs) You know what's cute, though? Like, a baby bunny is also cute. I wouldn't put it in a TV show opposite a very charismatic actress. That is the thing. We've got a... Although it really does drive the point home how little chemistry they have when, they, when we need that point the most. But this episode is kind of about how little chemistry they have. Yeah. Unlike the books in which Logan and Marianne are instantly into each other and all mm-hmm. over each other, even when he is a actual tyrant. He's really bad sometimes uh sometimes he does something that's sort of bad but not actually bad like declaring mutiny uh and getting kicked out of the peter pan play which is one of my favorite (laughs) logan plots it's another time logan's very bad at surfing when they go to hawaii like he's a much more interesting character obviously in the books but he's also an aggressively bad boyfriend at times in the books like on purpose they set him up as super controlling and paranoid (laughs) until they fix him but uh He's, uh, like, we've got not a ton of bad boyfriends in the Babysitter's Club. Not really, not that many of them are too bad. Robert is not a bad boyfriend until after he and Stacy break up, which is right. also interesting. Like, I like I like that character. I keep thinking they're going to introduce Robert for some reason. They will Stacey never introduce meeting. Robert. They're never going to introduce Robert. Uh, Stacy would have to become a cheerleader first. We so, should live so long. Yeah, that's a complicated, that's a complicated plot line in the books, the, the story of Robert. Lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah. So Marianne and Don talking about uh, both talking about Logan and talking about uh, Sharon and Richard. 
Sharon and Richard take them out to dinner. Richard talks about a croissant for a long time, and it's really funny. Uh, this is a uh, Mark Evan Jackson is actually the star of this episode. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> uh, we sk- <laughs> we skipped the fact that they they chatted about Logan in the sense that uh, it's Valentine's. Time. Yes, it's Valentine's season, I guess, in in Babysitter Land. Huh, yeah, well, because they're starting to like sell the carnations at school, which was a thing that happened at my middle and high school. Oh yeah, like verify that. And uh, love is in the air. People are caring very much that um, that uh, Marianne has a crush on a boy, and vice versa. Uh, Dawn, is, so they're they're getting ready to go to this nice dinner at Salvatore's, which is where they think their parents are going to announce their engagement because why else would they take them all out to a really nice dinner? Uh, I want to point out that Dawn is wearing a a T-shirt that she says is her dad's. It's vintage. It's a Love Wins T-shirt from Target, I guess, which I find hilarious because she refers to it as vintage when obviously it's no more than about five years old. That shirt is not vintage. And also uh, Marianne makes... The very good point that maybe she shouldn't wear a shirt that will remind Sharon of her ex-husband, her her, her queer ex-husband. We don't know if he's just gay, but he might be. (laughs) I I bring it up just because uh, a teenager's idea of vintage is something my parents owned, even if it's only five years old. I mean, this is akin to uh mallory not knowing what hammer pants are right it's akin to my friend mark's uh daughter asking if she could wear one of his concert t-shirts to a decade day at school because she wanted to dress as a boomer oh oh that is that is gutting (laughs) he gave her a they might be giant shirt that's pretty good. That is a. That, I mean, I would almost put that as more of a Gen X shirt, but I'll buy it. I'll get there. I'd like it. <laughs> it's close enough. Oh, oh yeah. So, <laughs> what were we talking about? The other thing this reminded me of is the time uh, we saw a chalkboard at the Tenement Museum on uh, in Manhattan, and one of my teenage nephews called it an old timey iPad. Okay, real. St- that is a real story that did happen. I mean, in a way. Uh, it's more of an old-timey Palm Pilot. <laughs> he doesn't know what a Palm Pilot is. It's, a Palm Pilot is kind of an old-timey iPad. Palm is the na- is one of the answers in the New York Times crossword. I gotta go. Uh, <laughs> I got that one wrong. <laughs> so, okay. uh, yeah. Richard is not announcing their engagement, they discover. Of he's course announcing, not. He's announcing a big uh, legal win, which I guess I'd forgotten he was a lawyer. He's a lawyer, and they don't... We don't get reminded of that very much in the books at all but apparently in the show they want us to remember that richard is a lawyer which i guess means in teenage television is equivalent to like a square squaresville daddy-o he's he's the <laughs> most boring too- job in the world a i assume a human rights lawyer or something because it sounds like it <laughs> he says he settled out of court no one in stanford heights apartments is going to be evicted yes and uh, marianne leaps to her feet <laughs> in shock this is a very good moment uh malia baker bringing her a plus 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 game in this episode like, malia baker who uh, as as alana pointed out when we're watching it her narrative voice is very her narration voice is very different from her acting voice in her acting voice she sounds like kid yeah when she narrates great. her voice gets about this low <laughs> it's like she has a she has a narration voice her, her i don't want to be too critical at any point of any of uh them acting and i actually don't think that's a problem but i do in my head rank who is best at narrating and who could use some i'm not saying her narrating is bad i'm just saying that she has a very distinct narrating like she learned how to talk into a mic at some point 
and it involved lowering your voice. It's just a really sharp contrast from uh, how Shay Rudolph does it. Like it's just <laughs> so so different. But yeah, they uh they find out no, their parents are not uh getting right. married yet. Um, this doesn't make them think, oh, it's never going to happen. It's more like, Richard, why would you not do it in this easy circumstance when you could have? Yeah. And you find out throughout this episode that Richard is just really bad at making announcements. He is really <laughs> bad at making announcements, and it's very funny. Yeah. Really, like, he has both a heartfelt scene in this episode and a scene that I laughed out loud at. Uh my next laughing out loud occurred during the next scene, which I believe is a club meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we wait, we do get a scene between Malia Baker and uh, Logan, Logan uh, Bruno about where he asks her if she'll be his girlfriend. Um, <gasps> and we see, and we see a redheaded boy selling candy grams and flowers for your sweetheart's homeroom. And I thought they were going to call out who this boy was, but they didn't. But he what gets. What if it was Ben Hobart? I'm. I was like, is this going to be? Like, is this going to be one of our characters? Is this going to be a, a a babysitter boy? And they never said who he was. But he oh, Ben Hobart lines. being Mallory's boyfriend, and I'm glad that they didn't because that would mean they had taken away his Australianness. Sure. And I they took that. away Logan's Kentuckiness. So. Right. I don't want them to do that to us again. Like it was very rude of them. Yeah. I don't still understand why Logan is not from the south he is from the south like he's they specifically he's call the, out he's ostensibly from the south but he doesn't have a, an accent at all at it's like all he trained himself out of it yeah uh, but yes he he gives marianne a bracelet oh yes because she is wearing it in the meeting um and uh he asks her to be his girlfriend and everyone around him is like hype manning him like he yeah. has a bunch of friends who are like you can do it man which is very cute and uh they don't quite shake hands after he gives her <laughs> the bracelet but like as close as like she she says school very awkwardly and then runs away to it now becoming a boyfriend girlfriend as we'll discover at stony brook middle school involves uh, a social obligation that i was not expecting and that is not in the books and (laughs) that seems well we'll get to it but it seems it's probably the most artificial thing they've presented to us it's very sitcom-y, and it's in a way that I that I don't know if it fits this very well, except it does, like, it leads to some good Marianne and Logan banter eventually, but it's a late right. payoff. Um, so, first we have the meeting you were referring to. Though. Yes, we have the meeting. Um, uh, <laughs> Stacy appoints herself like an expert in boyfriendness. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone else is like, that can't become a thing, like, that's... <laughs> verbatim what they say and uh it, it gets pointed out how bad stacy is with boys because we had the the events of boy crazy stacy mm-hmm. they, they yeah they, they they give us a call back to the ep- the events of that episode uh, yeah, she, this she... is not the first time this season when stacy has had a like a traumatic event brought back up to her we first we had them talking about her poison ivy mm-hmm. now we have this and uh Jesse questions this out loud because she has not heard the story. And Mallory says, it was brutal. I'll tell you later. And it's, that made me laugh. It's great. And it's also a very, a very wry call, like acknowledgement of the fact that as, as Alana was asking throughout this scene, she was like, wait a minute, why? If Marianne's the first, how can Marianne be the first one of them to have a boyfriend if Stacy's been with so many boys? And Mitzi and I were like, no, no, no. She's the first actual like, 
girlfriend of a boy stacy's just boy crazy and has apparently like been with a lot of guys i don't so, uh, the, the book is fit the book's that's one of those things that people always talk about with the books, which is that Stacy has all this experience, but they always acknowledge the fact that Marianne's the only one in an actual relationship. Stacy goes on a lot of Tinder dates that don't go anywhere. Uh, it's just like she meets a person once for a couple of drinks and it peters off and they don't kiss at the end of the night. And it's really disappointing for everyone involved. No, Stacy gets a lot of crushes. She has boys like Toby who... In Toby's case, she'll see him once a year and they'll go on a date or two. He can't count as a boyfriend for that reason. She does not have an actual steady boyfriend until Robert. And that's book 70. Like, that's, that's late. Books, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, no, but no, it's true. So this is this is a tacit acknowledgement that Mar- that the Marianne has the only boyfriend is a very unusual thing. They also call out in the books a lot that Marianne is the one of them that has a boyfriend. But like four of them have a boyfriend. Like... Christy and Mallory have boyfriends as well. Yes, Christy dates Bart. Mallory dates Ben Hobart. Uh, Jesse dates Quinn. It's a long-distance relationship. That's a fun one. He is also a dancer, uh, as ever, Jesse. Pretty great. Uh, Mm -hmm. We love her. And Claudia goes on the same kinds of dates that Stacy does. Right. And so does Don. The three of them all date Pete Black at some point, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Uh, But as we will will see in just a minute, who Don dates in the future in the show is, (gasps) could be anyone. Could be anyone. Uh, uh, I will look into my crystal ball and say, (laughs) this will actually narratively come to nothing. Yeah, this one, this nothing's gonna happen here. But yeah, so uh, we get a babysitting job. We get two babysitting jobs in this episode. Um, yeah, we get. Uh, Christy alludes to <laughs> Claudia maybe wanting to bring chocolate to her gig to babysit Karen and Andrew mm-hmm. because uh, Christy's mother has been very stressed, and uh, that ends up being like a through line to the end of the episode where. She's uh, she's just uh, freaking out a bit about the whole having a baby at a slightly older age thing, which is yeah. fair. But is she yeah. is she doing fertility treatments? That was my guess. Yeah, uh, they don't say it. And I don't. I actually think that that's somewhat in line with then what the narrative determines at the end of the episode, which is that the girls will not be involved in this at all. Yeah. But, yeah, I would uh, I would assume that's what's going on. Because for someone who's not pregnant, she's going to the doctor a lot. Yeah, and it seems like her hormones are a little out of whack. Which, so fertility yeah. treatments would line up like some kind of some kind of maybe pre IVF procedure, something like that. But yeah, I don't know the ins and outs of it. But yeah, they 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 couch it in enough like vague language that. Mm-hmm. But but also mention the fact that this is not something that kids need to concern themselves with. Yes. It's kind of the big ma- take. Can you imagine if they went like hard on talking about IVF and <laughs> the process? <laughs> it's not even something I like thinking about. Like no one, no one wants to think about that when you're watching a children's television show. Yeah, that, oh. um is this where so do we get the revelation that Karen is a uh, spooky all over again cuz she's already been spooky let's let's face it Yes so Karen is well before we get to the Karen scene we yeah. have the first lunchroom scene Yes yes we do um so we find out that if you go to Stony Brook Middle School and you're half of a couple, you have to eat with the other couples in an empty classroom when you have lunch. And it seems insufferable. 
Yeah, it's called the Couples Lounge, which seems to be in a music classroom. It's I'm in trying some to figure kind out. of classroom. Or French classroom, maybe. It's a French classroom. I see French words on the uh, on the chalkboard. Uh, which is this set up by the school? Is this like a like? Do the kids have to come into this classroom alone? I certainly hope not. That would be really odd. I know that I. We weren't allowed to go in classrooms during lunch periods when I was in middle school. I did it in high school a lot because I spent more time in... Yeah, shocker. I spent more time in the student newspaper room than any other room in my high school. Um, but... <laughs> I never ate in the school cafeteria after first semester my freshman year. I only ate in the drama room. Like, that was yep. just... So we were doing it. the same thing where we're like, this is not... These are not my people. Right. I didn't do it all the time, but I usually didn't eat in the cafeteria because I didn't care for it. But uh, I don't think this this was not an option for me in middle school. Certainly, I was not half of a power couple in middle school. Though. Yeah, I mean, the closest I can think is that in middle school and high school, like any pregnant students went to a different like area of the school. <laughs> the, uh, shamedly enough, like that's, that's just the way our school so, set it up. Oh, that's very sad. So all I can think is that all. they're like, if you're going to be in a known couple, you have to eat away from the other students. <laughs> Either that or my other idea is that the episode didn't uh, have access to the cafeteria um, set. <laughs> like so they were like, just does. put them in another... Because it would seem like, okay, put them at a different table. Maybe, like, the couples always eat at a table in the cafeteria. Yeah, that would be, that would make so much more sense than this, which is But it would require odd. so many more extras that, uh, yeah. there are a few clues, there are a few clues in this episode to me that season two was operating on a reduced budget and a reduced shooting schedule there is actually mm -hmm. a moment in this episode where marianne flubs a line and they keep that take uh it's near the end and i was I like they kept it. that that like she clearly flubs the line and goes back like she does an actor thing where you start saying the wrong word and then she goes back to the previous yeah word. right right and the fact that they kept that take to me says they were working a little faster than they probably wanted to be working. Like, just mm -hmm. keep going. We need to get these episodes out. Mm -hmm. COVID kicked back our production schedule a lot. Right. I mean, uh, that, that could also account for why there are fewer extras in general, mm -hmm. because it was really hard on film sets. Uh, I know because you had to have designated people to do, like tests on every single person who yeah. was coming in it was it was not great did i tell you the first show i went to uh back one of the actors flubbed a line no uh david byrne flubbed a line very early in american utopia and it was super obvious oh and gosh. it was like oh it's cool that you're not running like a robot on this but also <laughs> right you've I've... been doing this show for 11 years yeah also this is kind of your thing david byrne he he killed it the rest of the night it's fine and then when i saw little shop it was perfect and nobody did anything no <laughs> notes but uh yeah it was really weird um it's just people people don't know quite how to be top form anymore. Except she's great in this, even when she messes something up. Oh yeah, no, she uh, Amelia Baker's is is she she knocks that out of the park in this episode. Um, she and Sophie Grace are probably oh no, because now we have Vivian messing up the order of things here. I was gonna say they were my favorites, but I don't know anymore, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so in any case, they are at the couples room, and Awful. who are our wonderful couples? I do not remember their names. There's two other couples. There is one uh, male, female couple, and then one that is two boys. And mm -hmm. this is a very accepting environment, which I, I mean, 
maybe they get some flack, but we don't see it if they do, right. which is nice. Um, uh, these are sentence finishers, though. They all yes. finish each other's sentences. And they're all going to Salvatore's for Valentine's Day. Which is crazy. And they're all, like, celebrating, like, five-week anniversaries. Like, the kinds of things that I guess maybe middle schoolers do. But this all it feels very... Uh, it's very over the top all mm-hmm. of it this and is the this is the thing that felt very nickelodeon to me yeah and i don't know that it meshes very well with the rest of the episode which feels much more in step with this show what this show is trying to do it's just kind of it's a little silly uh mm-hmm. and Mar- but it, and it is the narrative purpose it serves here is marianne and logan both begin to realize that they are not this kind of couple. Like, this is not a mold that they can fit. Especially because they, like, seem to have less to talk about now than they used to. Like, once once they got the boyfriend-girlfriend label, they became more awkward around each other. Yeah, it's also, it puts a lot of pressure on them because this will be their first actual date as boyfriend-girlfriend. It'll Mm -hmm. be on Valentine's Day, and it'll be at a restaurant that they are not familiar or comfortable with. All of that Uh, sounds bad. Yeah, it all sounds bad. Uh, Also, everyone is just... uh, so my, one of my criticisms of this episode, much as I, I do like this episode, mm-hmm. uh, I like the writing in it. I like the structure of it. I like actually like some of the camera work in it a lot. It um, looks really good. There is a tendency for some reason in this episode for the children especially, but it kind of bleeds over into a lot of the performances, to really overact a lot of their reactions and a lot of like there's a lot of face pulling and yeah. just kind of weird, unnatural line. Like, I think of it as Nickelodeon acting. Like, it seems like I'm watching a Nickelodeon sitcom at times. Mm-hmm. And that was the other thing that made me go, were they on a tight production schedule for this? So the director wasn't able to step in and go, let's pull it back. You're 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 operating at a at an eleven. I need you at a at a six in this yeah, one. Just, like the acting is usually just so natural on this mm-hmm. show. Like, it's, and it's weird. Uh, Sophie Grace does it a little until it really matters that she not do it. Which yeah, I think is yeah. Good. It's balanced out. Uh, like, uh, there are a couple characters who are just doing like normal level. Like, um, uh, what? I'm trying to remember her last, her first name. Uh, the girl who plays Claudia is fine here. She does fine. Oh, oh, oh! You're just talking about Mamona Tamata. I was gonna. I couldn't remember if her if that was her first name. Oh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. we haven't talked about her in a while, but yeah, yeah. No, I'm not everyone, but just there's like a few, and especially Sophie Grace stands out to me usually because because to me she's usually so just naturalistic. Yes, yes, um, and it's... just laid back, and all of a sudden she's like really overdoing <laughs> some of the reactions, and I'm like, she's... what? She's a lot. There's a specific shot where she's just looking at a manicure she has. And the way she looks at it is like almost as though she's a mime. Oh, that's so mean. Sorry. Almost this is like a as little. though she's a mime. <laughs> it's a little over the top. Yeah. It's but... actually, it's like they're playing to the cheap seats in, uh, yeah, in it some is, of these. It, it ends up looking like they're theatrically performing, which is not right. great for TV. Um, it doesn't take me out of the episode too much, but I definitely noticed, like, when right. when you mentioned it, it was like, yep, it is there. That is a thing that is going on that will hopefully not continue going on. Yeah. And I, and I don't want to, I don't want to either even blame, uh, the director. The director is, again, Kimmy Gatewood, uh, on this episode. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I have liked her other directing jobs in this series, so mm-hmm. I'm just going to blame circumstance. Yeah, I really do think uh, a lot of the issues we run into, and minor, they are uh, are gonna are gonna be pinned back on that. Like, Heck really. yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> okay, so okay, so uh, we get this weird lunch or fake lunchroom, uh, couples lounge scene. Yeah. Um, also in the meeting, we get the we begin to realize that Marianne is going to be kind of mm, iced out of the club. I don't know how to describe it. Like she's, they're going to start treating her a little differently or her schedule a little differently now that she has a boyfriend. Yeah, not maliciously, not like they do in the no. books all the time. Yeah, they're always mad that she has a special friend in the yeah. books. But yeah, here it's more like, oh, we're going to have a Galentine's Day. As you pointed out, Galentine's Day is just a cultural force now. We all acknowledge it. It is basically the same level of holiday as Valentine's Day at this point. Yeah, and it also came from a sitcom. And sure did. It's, it, I said that it is. It has now reached the same point in our in our in our culture as 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 uh, Festivus did. Yeah, where people just sort of acknowledge it as a thing. And I'm like, that's from that was a joke in a sitcom like mm-hmm. a decade ago, or I guess in Seinfeld's case, thirty years ago. That was a like, very oh. long time ago. Uh, <laughs> and and the OC's Chrismica is just like cowering in a corner hasn't, hasn't reached the same apex these not have. unlike the oc uh, <laughs> oh i watched the first couple episodes of that show i was like i don't even know if i can do this like i just don't know if i have the emotional strength that peter it. gallagher's show he looks peter? he looks like the best dad in that show like the he second like the he walks on dad. screen you're like i would like you to be my father also it's pretty good which of course brings it back to, as always, Richard. the the broad the broad. No, I was gonna say the Broadway production of Guys and Dolls I saw, uh, yes. where Peter Gallagher was supposed to play Sky Masterson, but he had left the show by the time I saw it, only to be replaced by Dukes of Hazard star Tom Wopat, who was very good. It's always a surprise when there's like a like some kind of midway through replacement. You're like, oh, maybe actually this is better. Yeah. <laughs> it's very it's very good in that regard. Uh, Theater. Nothing like it, folks. So let's talk about the crying lady. The crying lady. So so Karen has been watching a lot of The Haunting of Hill House. She yes. hasn't, but that's the implication. Uh, the, the one throwaway line here that I need to call attention to is uh, when uh, Liz is giving Claudia instructions, she says that Andrew is watching Wally for the billionth time and that he likes the silence. Mm-hmm. Which is, <laughs> I also like the silence in Wally. This is a very uh, grown up. Uh, I mean, it's a good joke, just because it's not a. That's not how a child interprets Wally, as right. far as I know. <laughs> yes, and he's off camera the entire time while uh, Karen is researching and building her family tree, like right. in collage form. And she starts talking about spooky things, as Karen does. So we see a photo of. Ben Brewer, who in this TV show is referred to as their grandfather. In the books, I believe he's their great-grandfather or great-great-grandfather. Yeah, and she claims he still lives in their attic and uh, is spooky scary. In the books. Yes. In the books, old Ben Brewer haunts haunts their mansion. Yes, yes, he does. And here, though, there's a very different uh, character who is also a ghost, of course. (laughs) There's a ghost that Karen refers to as the crying lady. Mm-hmm. 
And this concept will lead Claudia to have nightmares later. So, uh, Karen, yeah, Karen tears up a photo and says the photo was making the crying lady upset. Karen then holds up a photo of the crying lady and says she lives here in what used to be the servants' quarters. I think it's a photo of Lizzie Borden. <laughs> it's definitely a photo of Lizzie Borden. Like, I did not notice. You showed me the screenshot. I assumed it. I was like, yep. Nope, that's going to be uh, that's gonna be one of uh, our favorite historical murderers, Lizzie Borden. <laughs> yeah, according to this, she died from a broken heart when her husband died in a whaling accident. And you can hear her weeping in the servants' quarters if you're very quiet. Uh, this freaks Claudia right the heck out. <laughs> Claudia, Claudia has... It, it's weird because like i thought claudia had a stronger constitution than this but no she's very scared no. we, and... we do hear andrew in this scene we do he calls he yells for a snack, snack. so does. i'm like did they just pre-record i think must have just pre-record like, pre-recorded andrew calling had a pa or someone say the line <laughs> off screen yeah they re-recorded a kid because <laughs> why does it matter if it's the actual andrew right Ch- child yells off screen breaks the tension of the scene in which claudia is scurred and <laughs> cut away uh, the, yeah I, I imagined the actor playing andrew just for that one line like charles fleischer recording his roger rabbit dialogue from off camera while wearing a rabbit costume <laughs> even though he was not needed for the shoot uh they did the same thing with andrew they dressed him up in his like jumpsuit and put him off screen He's wearing a Wally costume. <laughs> like, he, <'cause> he <laughs> appreciates like the Wally. silence. Yeah. Ooh, what an elaborate costume. You have to be like a cardboard box. <laughs> yeah. Colors. In any case, that's the end of that scene. Uh, yeah, that's it. The, the she looks... did bring chocolate for Liz, which was appreciated by Liz. Yes, and uh, she acted, Liz acted like she didn't want it. And was like, oh, I'll pay you back. And then ran out of the room. Good, good Alicia Silverstone episode goes without saying she's uh, amazing and wonderful. Yeah, yeah. She gets she gets more, even more to do uh, later on in the episode. She is yeah, she's very good at, at what she does. Yeah, we get a great third act reveal. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. It's, a, it's, it's good. It's good stuff. So I think then this is just like the episode just sort of escalate. Um, so Marianne yeah. gets ditched by her friends. Yep, because, yeah, this is where we have the club meeting where they're like, we're going to have Galentine's Day and you yeah. aren't allowed. And uh, uh, <laughs> she shows up late and because she was, as she said, ghosted by them, which prompts another wonderful <laughs> Mallory quote, which she's like, oh, my God, what a coincidence. We were just talking about ghosts. Because <laughs> they were. They were talking about the crying lady. Uh, Claudia explains her fear of the crying lady. Christy is like, I got to tell my stepsister to stop talking about specters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we as an audience are like, never let her stop talking about specters. Oh, she's going to continue to be a spooky kid. I love what a spooky kid she is. Never change Karen Brewer. So uh, Marianne chastises her friends for ditching her. And they're like, but we just thought you wanted to walk with Logan. And she's like, dudes, talk to me before you start changing our routine. Uh, They also want to get the tea on uh, what's going on in the couple's lounge. Which Marianne's like, it's boring. They're all very boring couples. Yeah, Marianne's like, it's the worst, and we need to write this out immediately before yes. it gets gets out of hand. Uh, also, this is like, I don't think she's quite revealing the extent of her insecurity about her relationship with Logan here, but she's hinting at it. We're just like, we don't have anything to talk about anymore. Yeah. 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 Uh, we don't know if they ever had anything to talk about in the first place. They, there is 
indication that they text a lot like that they yeah. just have like idle text but we we've don't ever never see seen this no remember listeners we've never seen marianne and logan have a relationship i mean this is this goes back to him being a ghost yes. but also it goes back to uh maybe what they do in this episode is true like like for the best which again we will get to but the writing around it doesn't really convince us that there was ever anything there to begin with right i mean it is that whole thing of like they're junior high school kids i can't imagine what conversations my friends in junior high school had with their significant others right Uh, it seemed to mostly just be trying to find places they could go to secretly kiss Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. that was i think the extent of like all my friends relationships in junior high not me personally I did not have any romantic relationships in junior Same. high. <laughs> I barely had friendships. So <laughs> I had a couple of those. I also did. Yeah, I was a, was a pretty introverted child, particularly in the realm of like dating. I did not <laughs> did not have a boyfriend until I was sixteen, and even then, that was a that was a pretty limited situation. <laughs> but, yeah. So Stacy is jealous that they're going to Salvatore's. Marianne's freaked out. Christy is wary because she knows Salvatore's is expensive. Yeah. And Christy, Christy knows everything in this episode. Yeah. And she says it emphatically with lots of faces and, <laughs> and squinty <laughs> eyes. Oh, she, Christy can't get over this. Uh, yeah. every, everyone's still very like, uh, Christy is always skeptical about logan generally like in this show she gets along well with him in the books it's like a a nice thing that's established but he's not a jock in this as far as we know right he's He's just some guy drama kid maybe i do want to point out and this is something i noticed while watching that christy as many faces as she pulls during this a lot of the faces she's pulling are very alicia silverstone faces (laughs) no you're right i see it she is making faces the downturn of her mouth yes yeah Uh, she's like she when she says have you told your dad about this uh she does yeah she does this this frowny face that is very alicia silverstone in this in this series specifically It's also a little pouty, cluelessy look. Like I love it. I I really like that. I noticed also in their scene because they have a scene together later in the episode. Their gestures are very similar. Like the way they move around each other. Like it's they mirror and not in a way that looks intentional. It just looks like that is how they both move. Right. And I'm wondering if this is if this is something that just comes from spending a lot of time around another performer. Where mm-hmm. Sophie Grace, being a young actor, has just started picking up on the mannerisms of her of her oftentimes like scene partner, Alicia Silverstone, who is a very animated performer, and very. I can see being very it's very easy to pick up on what she's doing. I mean, this is not dissimilar to every time I spend time with my family over the summer. I uh, I saw my immediate family for about a week. I start talking like them again and uh-huh. I start moving around specifically like my mom again. Uh, yeah, there's a, <laughs> I do that a lot, a lot of shoulder shrugging, a lot of, a lot of cool mom energy, but no, there's a specific thing my family says a lot, which is when we are surprised and questioning something, we say what instead of what, like we just end it with a period 
And this drives my husband crazy. Like after I get after we get back from a trip and I start saying it, he's like, "You, you're very Gordon right now." That's my uh, my prior last name. Like you're a very, you sound very much like a Gordon. Right so now. you say you say W H A T period what 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 yeah <laughs> like we were surprised by something. Uh, the 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 vocalization of the W A T period meme. When yeah, says, no, yeah. it's it's that. What? It's that. It's good. Or WUT. It depends on uh, how you're feeling. <laughs> the way. But yeah, no, the, she does. She is very uh, Liz looking in yes. this scene. Oh, and this gives, but her pointing this out, because she's saying, have you told your dad about this? Mm-hmm. Marianne is like, oh yeah, my dad is strict. Maybe he'll tell me I can't have a boyfriend. <laughs> and she's looking forward to this response. And the response is, cool, great, have fun, honey. <laughs> yep. He pulls out his, uh, a, a stack of note cards on which is written a speech that he's worked out with his therapist on how to respond to his daughter telling him she has a boyfriend. I love this so much. He plays it so well. And then they have an actual heartfelt conversation. Yeah. And this is when you find out that Sharon and Richard have talked about eventually getting married. And this is probably going to happen or they are almost certain it's going to happen. It sounds like they just haven't gone through with it yet. And this is also when he says, we talk to each other and Marianne is like, ah, yes, a thing you do when you're in a relationship with someone. Yes. Uh, Yes. There's a lot of nice little lessons in this episode. Does this, Um, this, oh yes, this definitely comes before the restaurant because he doesn't know about the date yet. Yeah. 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 Uh, Christy and uh, Karen have a discussion about Valentine's, where Karen mm-hmm. expresses her the sense her 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 belief that Valentine's Day is weird because it marks the day that Saint Valentine was martyred by Claudius the Cruel, and we mark it with uh, <laughs> chocolates and uh, treats for our loved ones. Um, uh, Karen is correct; it's weird. <laughs> yeah, and Christy mentions that Watson on Valentine's Day cooks for. Elizabeth, which is very nice. I guess it's the one day a year he does. Even though we know for a fact that he, he cooks like every time. morning, he does it all the time. Maybe this is a maybe he kicks out the children for this one, and it's all about Liz. Uh, Karen is making her giant trifold uh, family tree, by the way. Which, looking at it, it has a lot of black raven cutouts glued all over it. Um, it's because she's spooky. So <laughs> she's a sp- I find it. I want to see this whole thing, but you can't. You never get to see. You never get to see the family tree. You you do. You can tell from the way I'm look. I'm seeing it here that it contains a lot of actors' headshots. (laughs) Are are they actors from the show? Because that'd be very funny. (laughs) It's definitely the actors from the show. Like you can see. You can see like near the bottom where the the kids would be. That this is the headshots of the of the children and the and the adults in our in our show and i I want to see this thing i want to see this thing full on who doesn't this is a (laughs) there's gonna be like a prop sale after this (laughs) and you get to buy this this family tree yeah uh she um christy convinces uh karen or tries to convince karen that she shouldn't be uh scaring babysitters anymore with her Mm -hmm. tales uh 
I thought Karen would be visibly psyched that she gave somebody nightmares. And right. I guess it's maybe better that she isn't excited about that. Right. This this Karen is a bit more Wednesday Adams than the Karen in the books. Just a little. I, I keep hoping she'll just pop up in one scene with glasses on and they won't explain. Like, no, they're had, like, no, that's new. Uh, she had LASIK surgery. That's her. Yeah, that's her forever, though. Like, sometimes they'll be pink and sometimes they'll be blue and you'll just yeah. have to deal with that. And we had a we, we do get an off screen Charlie. Uh, we do we get some yelling again. again. Another job for the PA to dub in later. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, not a ton happens in this scene, really. This is just to be like, hey, Karen, stop. Karen, stop. Also, another acknowledgement that the crying lady exists. The crying lady exists. Uh, Karen seems to actually be hearing something. That's like mm-hmm. a, that's the gist. Like it's a, this isn't totally invented. Even yeah. Though, yeah. We didn't it's get the, we didn't get the dinner scene at Salvatore's, Ooh, which Marianne is not looking scene. forward to. Uh, I want to point out that there's a couple of couples in the background uh, waiting <laughs> to be seated. There's a guy in like a newsboy hat uh, with his date and he keeps touching her face. No. And I'm like, you're background extras. Stop touching the other extras face. <laughs> I heard newsboy caps called bald hats relatively recently. Oh, that's what it is. It's a bald, yeah. Yeah, there's no clearer indication a man is bald than he's if he's wearing a newsboy cap. He's wearing a newsboy cap. Uh, also, Salvatore's has an evil host. She's mean. She's cruel. She, uh, uh, like, gets mad at Logan for being there. His- yeah, for being there. But saying his first name is part of the reservation, which is not a problem. Like, he was obviously gonna say his last name. Yeah. Like, and also thrusts a rose at Marianne and says, and a rose for the girl. Yeah, this is a thing. This, but this, she has the attitude that I expect, like, Taco Bell employees to have on, like, Valentine's at Taco Bell night. Like, this isn't yeah. part of our thing. This is, as you said, a date restaurant. This is a this is the the date night of the year. At a very nice restaurant, uh, a very nice restaurant that Richard and Sharon frequent, and surprise, they are there. They are behind. there. Oh, I wanted a reaction from the host after Marianne was like, can you make it a party of four? I wanted that host to be like, absolutely not. From the editing in this scene, I assume that the, she had a reaction that they cut for time. Because, yeah, it didn't jump right to... They, have, they decide to have dinner, so... Richard and Sharon show up. They decide to all sit together, which Marion is happy about because she thinks this will keep the conversation rolling. Unfortunately, Sharon just wants to talk about what people's love languages are. It's weird. And, uh, Sharon's wearing a, an outfit that's strange, too, but I, I think I feel like it's befitting Sharon. It's, like, it's, what, what is, by the way, what is your love language? I forget, actually. I think it's, it might be, I think it's a combo of physical touch and quality time what's yours i have n- i don't even know what love language means i've never under i've oh, never so never bothered it, to look it up i think that's very funny about it is it was a system developed within like the evangelical church and oh boy just by, like just by like a middle-aged pastor like uh-huh. a male pastor and uh you can take a quiz to see what yours is but they're really reductive unsurprisingly it's oh like, a, a, a quiz is reductive a personality <laughs> type quiz only five different categories so it's like uh, physical touch, quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, and some other thing. Oh, uh, I see. <laughs> and um, 
they, they don't really mean anything. Like, yeah, these are ways of expressing affection. Uh, I do think it's, I think it's funny that they are now zeitgeisty enough that they can throw these into a show. Yeah. Like, I feel like, like Myers Briggs, you could do the same thing with, but that's the only other test of this kind that you could do. Like, the only other personality test. I see. So, w- w- what's your Myers Briggs type? Oh, <laughs> it's an ENFJ. What's yours? I have no idea. <laughs> I- <laughs> Um, it, it it vacillates between ENFJ and INFJ because I am 51% extroverted by any metric. I see. I will say that uh, we had to take a personality quiz when I first started working. And uh, it was a find your strength, strengths finder quiz, which is another Oh, yeah. Strengths finder yeah. is, is one that I've had to do in work. As and well. at the time I was hired, I was the only woo in the office. Uh, and for those of you who don't know what a woo is, a woo is a person basically who can BS any situation to get what they want. Uh, they had never had a woo, which is one of the reasons they put me in charge of writing. Oh, wow. Okay, so there's an episode of the excellent show Mythic Quest in which they all take a personality uh, quiz that sorts them into animals. Uh-huh. And that is a that episode is an excellent evisceration of the very concept of the personality test. Nice. Here, I do also think we're making fun of them here because if uh, if Sharon is the one who's like into them, that means that they're a little uh little little wishy, a little woo woo. Uh, yeah. And I feel like if Dawn were in this conversation, she'd be picking up on it and rolling running with it. But yeah, this is a that they don't really know what to do with it as a conversation topic right uh this is a very it's a very awkward interact it's a very awkward meal it's a very awkward scene yeah there is one really cute moment that precedes it where uh marianne is not sure how to introduce sharon to logan and she refers to her as my sharon and sharon looks touched by that oh yeah it's cute it's what I used to call my uh, sister-in-law before uh, my brother married her or proposed to her. It was just uh, <laughs> my brother's girlfriend. I'm just going to call her my Kate. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the whole thing ends terribly with Logan, it, le- Logan leaving very upset because they don't have anything to talk about. And uh, he also they had also to... They also see one of the other couples break up. They see one of the couples from class break up and uh, Richard ends up having to pay for Logan's uh, food anyway because Logan only brought 20 bucks. Which, come on, dude, just talk to someone. Talk anyone. to somebody. That's not that... enough to eat at, like, a mid-level <laughs> family eatery. I would bring more than $20 to go to a Popeye's. Yeah. <laughs> like, <I> just, like... <laughs> but, uh, and I know my view is a little warped because I'm in a city. Mm-hmm. But it's, I still know that if I'm going to a sit-down restaurant, like, in, like where... Where I'm from, which is much more akin to what Stony Brook is like, I'm not yeah. bringing that much money for two people. That's just a non-starter. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it ends badly. Everything it ends is uh, very badly. Poorly. Uh, and I think that that soured me a little towards Logan because he hasn't done a whole lot for me personally to to appeal to me as a viewer. Mm-hmm. And then he acts all, like, pissy and leaves the restaurant. Yeah, he's not... Uh, He's, I don't, I mean, the whole episode, I'm fairly neutral toward him until the very end when they, uh, I mean, they decide to keep trying to remember the order of how this happens. Cause we have Christy and her mom, mm. then we have, uh, Marianne and Logan, and then we have, uh, Marianne, Dawn, Richard and Sharon again. Like yeah. 
I think it might be in that order. That sounds right. Something. No, yeah, kind of. We have a scene between Marianne and her father uh, after the scene with Christy and her mother. Yes. And so, okay. Uh, just because we are trying to be masters of efficiency here. Uh, Christy finds the crying lady and it's her mom. It's it's Elizabeth. <laughs> the scene is shot like a paranormal activity movie, which is awesome. It's all blue light and handheld camera. And I love it. It looks it's great. Really it's really good. It's really good. And the, yeah, we find out that Elizabeth has been crying alone in the downstairs bathroom because of pressure and hormones. And she doesn't go into it, as we said. She tells Christy this is actually something she needs to talk about with her husband and not a child. It's not Christy's job to take on this burden, this yes. emotional burden. Christy doesn't need to worry about this. And Christy in... Uh... I don't call this uncharacteristic. In the, I think in the books, like she gets more and more overbearing as the series gets on. Gets on, uh, but her accepting this is nice. She's like, yes. "Oh, okay, yep, cool. Love my mom. Gonna keep giving my mom chocolate." And mm -hmm. uh, and now we know that the crying lady is not, in fact, a ghost. But or they're not going to tell Karen that. Oh because... yeah, that's that also made me laugh out loud. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> they decide yeah. not to tell Karen. Uh, Marianne and her father have a little chat. Mm -hmm. talks about how she doesn't want to be uh oh this is where they talk about the dynamic between richard and sharon as it stands yes uh, and this yes. helps this helps marianne understand maybe while she and logan can like each other that doesn't necessarily mean they need to be boyfriend and girlfriend and this is a great thing for i think young young viewers to see uh richard tells her basically that like we're not gonna get married yet. We're not engaged yet, but we're more than like we're more than friends. Uh, yeah. We're just we're also adults, and we have a lot of history, and we have kids, and there's just a lot more. So we've talked about it, and we you know we're staying the course for now. But don't worry, like we're still a couple. Uh, yeah. And Marianne, oh, this is where I thought that maybe he would casually reveal that they were already engaged and just no. making a big deal out of it. And I love it that he doesn't. I love that Marianne yeah. takes from this that like, oh, like relationships are more complicated than she thought. And there's something you have to talk about with your partner. Uh, and talk they do. Because Marianne yeah. is like, hey, maybe not. And Logan's like, cool. I also don't want this. And this is where I think they're they play well off each other. Like yeah. they're, they're very charming together where they make fun of the couple. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. they, they're, they're charming together because they are having fun at someone else's expense. They, uh, they make fun of the couple they saw breaking up. They say they are kind of realizing in real time, oh, we are nothing like them. Yeah. Uh, Marianne asks if she should give back the bracelet. Logan emphatically says no way because yeah. he likes her. And they uh, they know that they like each other, but are not going. They're not going to call each other boyfriend and girlfriend. This is a huge deviation from the books. Yeah, like, a huge is... deviation. Uh, yeah. Uh, so unlike the books, the parents are not engaged, and Logan and Marianne are not a couple. And or as Marianne says in the next scene, they decide not to go with to go with no labels. And this is something else I love: the fact that the show is telling kids. It doesn't have to be either or. Like you mm -hmm. can be in a mutual relationship with someone, but not be as serious as boyfriend girlfriend. You can acknowledge that you're interested in each other and that you like each other as a little more than friends, but without all the baggage that goes along with it. Like, right? And I think this is something that applies to more and more people of dating age. Yeah. <laughs> that, so it's nice to normalize that idea. This also leads into Dawn saying she does not care when she eventually dates 
where the person she dates is on the gender spectrum as long as they care about the same things. Right. So this is like a very casual reveal that Dawn is like, I would call it pan, I suppose, like pansexual. And I love that. It made me really happy because it was not a revelation. It was just very casually dropped into this conversation they were having, talking about what dating is and isn't. I love that. I also Mm -hmm. just love, like... New Dawn is good. I loved New Dawn in this episode. Uh, <laughs> I don't think she's New Dawn anymore. She's just Dawn at this point. <laughs> so yes, we get this. We get this. Uh, we get this acknowledgement of Dawn's. Well, she doesn't label it because she doesn't go with labels. She's. Mm-hmm. She has no no concern over a person's personal identity. She just wants to meet someone who shares her interests. Yeah, it's lovely. And then they uh, have another nice dinner mm-hmm. with Sharon. <laughs> Sharon and Richard, who again make an announcement. This announcement being that, uh, ri- is it Sharon and Richard's? No, it's uh, Richard and Marianne's home is going to be fumigated, right? Yes. And uh, they make a big enough deal out of it that the children then clarify: you have to get a better idea of what is a what constitutes a big announcement around here. Yes. Uh, uh, yes, because Richard does this whole like glass clinking thing with it's his fork. It's very funny. Again, the music like this... swells. <laughs> they get both times when we think we're or viewer knows we're not getting it. But when when they think they're getting the uh, engagement announcement, we get the wedding march. Yes, uh, comes in and then it is abruptly cut off. Both times, one of the girls stands to like leaps to her feet and is yeah. shot. So it's, it's very good. <laughs> So what it does lead into, though, is that they have termites, the house is getting fumigated, and they're going to be moving in together for the duration of this fumigation. Yes. Do you think that means that Marianne is going to be a wicked stepsister to Dawn? Uh, considering that the next episode is <laughs> is Dawn and the wicked stepsister, uh, I have a feeling this is going to be a variation on that on yeah, that plot. It's a line. somewhat misleading episode name because they are not, in fact, stepsisters yet. But they do they do multiple times in this episode, or rather in the series we allude to. We're basically sisters. Yeah, sure. Uh, and uh, and yeah, it has. I, I mean, that'll be as much a wicked stepsister as this episode has great romance. So this uh, great is just in in heavy air quotes like, yes. yeah the whole time like uh well in the sake of expediency and because we are masters of efficiency mm-hmm. uh uh and this episode has gone really long it <laughs> I, has thought, longer, I thought we were gonna rock through this episode like we no, did last it's... week unfortunately you are not about to die of whatever you were dying of last week <laughs> i don't know what was going on i wasn't sick or anything i was just really really sleepy uh no today i'm doing great and have so much to say about the babysitters club yeah. also i'm like supercharged on podcasts right now because i recorded one about the born supremacy this week oh, wow. and it turns out there are a few things i can talk about more than jason born <laughs> it's just like i was off like a shot it's like the thing you need to know about this man and it was every possible thing you need to know about him but yeah i i mean this episode is uh, aside from the little bit Disney Channel, little bit Nickelodeon yeah. half-hour sitcom bits here and there, this is a fun, uh, good parent stuff, mm-hmm. good Malia Baker stuff. She's yeah. really, really great, and got a little bit of babysitting thrown in there. Maybe a little bit of babysitting uh, increased the uh, the uh, LGBTQ plus quotient in the yes. uh, in the series uh, yes, by, a, by a by a, a 
a great percentage, what with an actual uh, couple in the series and uh, and acknowledgement of Dawn's, uh, 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 however you want to refer to it. Flu- fluidity? Yeah. Sure. Her, yeah. yes. But so, yeah, uh, yes. Uh, next episode is, as we said, Dawn and the Wicked Stepsister. Yep. And, and then, uh, we only have three more. We only have three more. We only have three uh, more. But you uh, have, listeners, uh, more op- options to, to get to know us. You can visit Christy on her Twitter uh, account. Yes, she you is can. at Christy Admiral. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can visit me on my Twitter account. I am at P. Corey Gonzalez. Uh, the, um, yeah, the podcast is at Pizza Toast Pod. Yes. Same with the Gmail address. Uh, you can uh, find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find mm-hmm. us wherever Spotify. you listen to podcasts. Uh, I've got some other stuff going on that I will link to on the uh, on the Twitter at some point. I'll always uh, always be linking back to Deep in Bear Country, uh, mm-hmm. one of Phil's other podcasts, and also Del- it's Del Toro time. It's Del, it's Del Toro, Toro time. time. Yeah, Phil's uh, other podcast. Uh, have a have a great week. Sure. Yeah, yeah have a great year. week in between apps. A great Valentine's Day season <laughs> to you and yours. This is this is a very a very appropriate considering that on Deep in Bear Country, Christy is a frequent Valentine's <laughs> guest at times when it is not Valentine's. I I don't know how that happened, but it's always uh Br- dear sweet Brian Skinner and me get uh, roped into talking about Valentine's Day see, and yeah. bears in love. Fairs in love. So uh, on that note, should we say goodbye to our friends? I think we should. Goodbye, friends. Goodbye, friends. By the way, I discovered that my love language is 37% words of affirmation, 23% physical touch, 20% quality time, 13% acts of service, and 7% receiving gifts, which seems a bit short on the receiving gifts end, but... I'll take it.